This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Hello and welcome back to the show, where we talk about shows with our friends. Today we are going over the season finale of Lilyhammer. This will be our last installment of Lilyhammer, and make sure to hang on all the way to the end of the episode when we pick our next show. But before we do, we absolutely have to close this chapter of Shows with Friends on a wonderful new show that I got to enjoy because Eli chose it for me. I'd never seen it before. So I'm going to pass the mic over to Eli to finish off Lilyhammer. Lilyhammer. Yes, not mm. Lilyhammer, as the Norwegian Yeah, I'm sorry. Cities. I've been murdering all of the Norwegian <laughs> terms, phrases, names. I mean, it's I'm pretty much tough. like Frank the Fixer out in Norway talking about this show. That's, <laughs> he, he's actually more eloquent <laughs> than I have been. Hey, he put in the work. Every single <laughs> opening credits, he's studying his Norwegian. That's true. All I did was watch TV. All I did is watch TV and get this t-shirt for it. Well, Steve, without further ado, we have got to wrap up Lily Hammer. Season one, eight episodes of action-packed fun and intrigue, cross-cultural drama. This show has really taken us on a wild ride for season one. Lots of different stuff, Steve. We've gotten into some deep, dark, and personal themes. Touched on a lot. And now it is time to wrap up Lily Hammer. So in this final episode, um, I think this is as much as any other episode we've really watched so far. This really is a continuation of so many things. And almost more than the other shows we've watched so far, Steve, this is like a serious continuation of a lot of stories that meet and come together. Wow, a lot. And what's not actually super complicated or caper-filled, right? It's like pretty straightforward. So let's dive in to the season finale of Lily Hammer. So here we are, Steve. What did you think about the season finale? I thought it was good. This was a good show. And just we'll just bring it back to some of the earlier points that we were making upon the first impression of the pilot, right? Just a lot of the things in this finale brought me back to some of those thoughts and just how original this concept was, uh, how well executed this original concept was. And just taking this this New York mafioso film television caricature um, that has such a had such an indelible mark on our psyche with this actor um, playing the role specifically in Stephen Van Zandt and just dropping him in Norway 
and it's been a really fun ride. It's made for, for me, really a, um, a show unlike anything I've really seen, even though it has these elements of like witness protection and, and these sort of themes that you see from time to time in movies and in TV. There was just something about the Nordic culture uh, that I wasn't super familiar with. Um, and you always hear like, oh, and when you think of these kinds of countries in Europe, like, oh, they're so nice and idealistic. And yeah, um, but it was really cool to kind of exist in that world and then get into that world so that, you know, you're looking behind the curtain of that because obviously not everything is sunshine and roses all the time for everybody. No. Um, so I think you really got to see some of the warts even in this seemingly perfect, idealistic um, Norwegian culture. I mean, he just watched the Olympics and it was very magical and beautiful. <laughs> and he was like, I want to go there, you know, and then he got there and um, it was cool because his character was just sort of had seen everything and, you know, wasn't surprised. There's was no element of, of human depravity that he wasn't like blown away by, you know, so he was fully um, expecting and could handle everything that Norway was throwing at him. But it was yeah. interesting to see. Um, and the fact that the creators of the show, you know, are Norwegian and they just sort of gave this realistic view, you know, of their homeland. Uh, for me, it's, it's been a wonderful journey, you know, through the guise of, through the eyes uh, and lens of Frank the Fixer. And it's been a lot of fun, you know, but like all good things must come to an end. And you're right. They uh, carried over this linear storyline, especially may have been our first cliffhanger, perhaps, of mm, shows with friends where right. Jonas was kidnapped, right? And you're like, oh, yeah. what's going to happen? Got to tune in. And and so that was cool. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, these. Uh... Right into it. Action packed. <laughs> right, right. Right into the. Right into the episode. Yeah. And um, I, before we kind of dive into like what happened, I wanted to just speak briefly to how sometimes shows, when they reach the end of the first season, you know, they don't know if they're going to have a second season, sort of what's going to, what's going to go with the series itself, if it's greenlit or not. Mm. And I'm not certain the case for this show necessarily, but I thought they did a great job of really setting the table for if if the show were to go on for a second season or if or if this were to be it yeah and it would have ended here i thought it, a lot of times you see shows kind of towing that line i think it kind of happened in casual too where it's almost like if if it had just been one season of casual then it would have been fine absolutely they were able to keep yeah going. casual maybe even more than this one but this one we are left at a point where though you can see the threads they could you know continue to follow or pull um yeah it does have a certain not that everything's wrapped up per se mm -hmm. but a lot of the storylines have either come to a logical conclusion or have sort of matured beyond this episode 1 story that uh yeah. or season one rather story that we've been following and um yeah there's a nice feeling of um i think this is what you're alluding to there's a nice feeling of completion 
yet yeah. there's still a lot is open and um you know we'll dive into specific stuff but there's uh it's not a complete closure or wrapping up right yeah um, one one thing i really liked too is that it's also not a happy ending no you know for frank so this got this imperfect character and he doesn't he's kind of doing what he wants and you kind of were wondering the whole time in the first season you know is the other shoe going to drop for him? Like, can he just keep lying to his girlfriend? Like, yeah. is he just going to like continue to do what he wants? And there were some, some, some solid consequences for him at the end that left him alone. And um, I thought that was really on par with his character and, and appropriate for the story that we were watching. Definitely. And there's things we actually had talked about before and touched on that, absolutely come to pass and it's funny that you just said the other shoe drops for frank because my note about early in this episode was literally the other shoe drops for yawn finally totally and so that's kind of a great way to dive into some of the some more of what happens in this episode so um, we, you know, are picking up the thread of Jonas being kidnapped. Jonas has been kidnapped by the mobsters. But as far as this episode, the first real story piece is um, Jan's pictures finally get out, right? Absolutely. And, you know, you, I love that we're diving into Jan. I feel like in a weird way, his character served more of a purpose for the plot to move the move the events of the plot forward and he served as just sort of this piece to create conflict for Frank or Johnny and and it was hard for me to get on board with him right because he was just used in that way and then used more recently in this kind of sleazier way where he was kind of just um being really sleazy to Secret and then um, reveals some real loneliness. You know, we touched on that in our last episode, but we weren't quite there for him as far as what he was going through because he's such a sleazeball. Yeah. But I thought this episode, and I would think this was by design, really, it took them all the way to this finale to really use him flush out his character completely mm. in the story. Yeah. Um, and and I, I found it really fascinating. So not only is the consequences come for him when, um, when the student posts, emails the pictures, right, to everyone in the class, and, yeah. and every, he's exposed for the creep that he is. He's fired, but it's, it's more than that. It's like a 180 where he had held this position of power over all these unemployed people and immigrants, and all of a sudden he's now, the script is flipped on him completely. And I just thought that was a great turn by that actor. I thought it was really cool character development to have a character start out at the beginning of the series in one place and end up in the complete opposite spot at the end. thought that was fascinating. Yeah, and definitely deserved and um i think you know one of the things you were talking about 
early is, and we've continued to touch on, is this like, we're seeing everything in this Norwegian society and it's, uh, it's somehow this like softer, friendlier, kinder, almost uh, version to us as Americans. And this character's maybe seen through that as well. And even the like final hammer uh, or shoe that drops here is pretty kind. And um, he is forced to resign. Um, we do see him breaking down and there's this heart-wrenching, maybe not for me, still not heart-wrenching, still have no love or sympathy for Jan. Uh, but this you know, scene that is certainly um, sad for him where he's in the employment office and then slinks out. And even this is sort of softened, right? There's no like big public reveal. There's no, he's not, no charges pressed. Like he's not um, sort of publicly shamed or dragged through the mud for this. Um, but we do really through these last two episodes and honestly through, you know, the latter part of the series or season, we really do see this character and uh, this sad, sad, lonely man who uh, had been able to wield his power and put on this show, but we now know it's like it's all been acting. He doesn't have any real friends. He's, you know, clinging to Sigrid. He loses his job. He cry, you know, he's like, he has hit a pretty low point by the end. And I thought that scene of him going to Frank to ask him for a job was really, really powerful, uh, really well shot, the acting, yeah. really powerful. The entire sequence, right, where he went and got the number to wait in line, and the guy mm. sat down, and he was like, oh, am I seeing you today? And and instead of going into his appointment at unemployment, he then went to Frank. I just, yeah, from the beginning of that yeah. unemployment through to Frank. But you're right, the the actual talking to Frank and the way it was shot it was very... It was very cool. It was very very cinematic. cool and very very much. Uh, no, I wouldn't even say eighty. I don't think that <laughs> encapsulates it enough. <laughs> From episode one, where Frank's in the employment office and Don's just kind of giving it to him, like, "Well, oh, slow down, buddy. Like you're gonna you're gonna take your time and you're gonna do what I tell you to do, right?" And now it's just <laughs> Frank is. Black and white, you know, he's the Don and Jan is groveling, right? He's on his, he's on his knees basically groveling and um, just the, the complete flip in the characters, but just the way they continue to shoot these really meaningful shots in the show. Man, there were at least four or five shots in this episode alone. I was like, wow, they just... And the club, they really have this club set like amazingly well done because the colors, um, you know, I'm sure we'll get into uh, some more of the stuff from this episode, but that final, uh, you know, piano mm. shot and scene, uh, just gorgeous, amazing, powerful cinematography from this show. I mean... Uh, it's not yeah, just and the, the juxtaposition yeah. of the lighting, right? So, yeah. like when they're in the Norwegian culture, he's in Norway world, right? Like it's bright and it's everything is the lighting is super lit, mm. you know, that everywhere where and there's lots of natural sunlight, you know, and then it's the club is dark 
and not there's no natural light at all and it's all kind of colors and specific stuff that yeah bright um somewhat unnatural colors mm -hmm. yeah it's that's a real tone and a real tone shift and it really (laughs) for this fall of jan was was a pretty you know interesting thing for him to kind of grovel and basically say like i'm gonna do anything i can not to be a dishwasher i will i'm gonna work the system i'm gonna make you money i'm gonna you know what i mean like it was there was a real sense of his his underworld growing now adding this this person who has like ties to like you know quote unquote national money or federal money or whatever like it's just yeah something's happening here with johnny's crew it's getting stronger adding this another f up you know another another fuck up to the crew right and i think we maybe start to see as the viewer in this uh the scene with jan there that wow jan's actually probably better fitted to this life and maybe he's starting to realize it too right he's he's like oh i i know how we could get some government you know subsidies for these ukrainian dancers but you know he's like already working the system but you realize, oh yeah, like that's what he'd been doing the whole time. Like he, this is an obvious fit. And um, yeah, so it is really fascinating. And yeah, the way they, their characters um, have sort of started at odds and now come together almost. Like it's, it's pretty wild, their arc. And um, so in addition to you know, this, this Jan story and yeah, before we move on from Jan though, yeah. I, I do like the, he's in line to get unemployment, right? He's got the number yeah, and the alternative is to become a criminal for Frank. And that's better for him in that moment <laughs> than, than actually being in the system as an unemployment, unemployed person in Norway for him. Yeah. I just, I, I found that kind of really interesting thing to drive a character and and there's no telling what he could do now that he made that choice. Yeah. Yeah. In the final shot where you, like I thought he had left and then he's just dancing with the girl. (laughs) That really cracked me up in that final shot. (laughs) I know that is really funny. And he's just like head down, you know, he's just like, (laughs) just like all in it full on. Yeah. He's going to be a real like wild card in this story going forward that's what i got from that yeah yeah Um, he's definitely joining the band but yeah it's still national day it's still national (laughs) day um yep and yeah as we've said it sort of bleeds from uh seven episode seven here into eight still national day and we have interestingly enough in this story um we don't have a ton going on. Um, I feel like this is the most focused the lens of this story becomes. And as we kind of were referencing, I believe in the last episode, um, Frank is now having to handle head on these two mafiosa guys who have been sent to kill him. And so he does. And we finally get what we've been waiting for right frank facing off with the with the two mafiosa guys 
And uh, great start to this as uh, tour gear is about to go with him and has a good sense of what's going on. He's like, all right, you can't, you can't expect <laughs> me to go to war with you and not know what's going on. You need to, you need to be honest. Oh, He's man. Like, oh yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah. of course. Well, you know, part of a certain organization. Oh, that was a great misdirect. CIA. That was hilarious. <laughs> Uh, tour gears like i knew it i knew it (laughs) and i was like of course he's not gonna tell him the truth no you'd have to kill him no come on (laughs) uh so that's great and uh just sets us on a fun ride um the the whole like amusement park the trolls um is pretty hilarious he he, johnny is can do a lot of things frank's frank the fixer can do a lot of things but he can't sneak up on somebody to like save his <laughs> life. And there's no element of surprise. Like there's so many times where he has the drop on these guys. Yeah. And then they're just like, turn and see him coming. Like, oh it's my like God. A mile yeah. Away. Yeah. <laughs> like the last time with Jerry, it's just, it's hilarious. <laughs> and he, he's not actually good at uh, quite a number of the things you think Frank the Fixer would be good at. And this <laughs> episode really showcases that. But, um, I thought what was interesting is as this, uh, you know, intensifies and they get to this, you know, amusement park and uh, chase, um, Jerry is, as we said, we kind of know he's like this hothead. He's not going to stay in line. He beats up the guy at the gas station right off the bat. He's Aldo's nephew, you know, we have ascertained. And... I think we know immediately from when he's introduced this archetype of a character, right? And it's like, he's the nephew, which means he's sort of got the silver spoon. He's been, he hasn't been held to the same accountability or standards a lot of other people have. And a lot of his rough things or mistakes have been smoothed over probably, right? So we're kind of expecting him to continue to be this wild card. But this episode really brings it out. And it's interesting. And, you know, we don't have to go too deep into any of this. But, uh, you know, he hates trolls. But it is actually his homophobia that really starts him spiraling into the final spiral. And yeah, it's weird how deep we go into this guy's psyche and yeah. into his background and maybe perhaps what his uncle did to him or right. did to him. Like, yeah, <laughs> that was pretty weird. And I think it speaks to this time. You know, we've touched on um, various themes in this, um, but it speaks to, in my mind, kind of like trying to really like handle some of these bigger issues within the context of. Uh, this world of mobsters and mafiosa. Um, And yeah, like it's fucking very believable that Aldo touched him as a kid. You know, it's like, why that's not unbelievable at all. Just because this guy's a mobster that he could have been sexually abused as a kid. And that could be a large part of what's causing some of these issues. But the way it comes up and, uh, they deal with it. It's a. Uh, it's kind of a lot. <laughs> Just kind of. It, yeah, it's a lot, and it's nestled in, in the absurdity. It's nestled in like the absurdity of everything, and I think for me, like I don't. When things in this show, the show's bizarre. 
you know, and, and, and we talked about this before, like we give it some rope because it's sort of like, it's established this tone in this world that isn't particularly super realistic, even though, or situation, I should say, that isn't realistic within this world that kind of is. So it's, so these things happen in this show that are, you kind of just go with like, oh, there's a high school of, there's a bus full of high school, you know, (laughs) girls, like graduates, like, okay. And, and they're partying because they're finishing high school. And then, oh, and they stumble upon, uh, troll amusement park that's not open like yeah but fully functioning like it was it was strange like so that all that stuff was kind of like well that's that's some serious information but i think that if you think about the series on a whole and i don't mean to couch all of like european content you know european television and european film um, I don't mean to like couch it all together and say that it's a little bizarre, you know, but we, we're Americans and we, you know, we're, we, we grew up on watching TV here. And I, I know I've always been, when I get into a show from Europe, um, there is another level of psychology and of, um, deepness to the content that I work through. And sometimes like for me, it's very rewarding. Mm you know, certain, some certain European films, certain things that like really challenge me like emotionally and psychologically. Yeah. I find really interesting. And I feel like this series has an element of that. Mm -hmm. It has an element of like, um, life is a little out there and this show is a little out there. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm hmm. Yeah. And I don't think that anything I mean, you were talking about some of the elements that are a little fantastical, right? That are maybe mm-hmm. just a little bit of, uh, you know, we exercise suspended disbelief at times because it's a TV show. But I think what you're referring to is um, a sort of a way maybe that cinema and television um, foreign to us and especially of some of this like really strong European based stuff. Um, but really all over, I can say the same for, um, New Zealand stuff from New Zealand, um, Africa, Mm -hmm. uh, different parts of Asia for sure. So all over. So maybe just kind of foreign. And, um, there is almost, uh, honesty about the randomness and magicalness and, uh, seemingly fantastical nature of life itself yeah, and how that's uh, sort of tied into or directly a part of what's otherwise just very mundane. A lot of the stuff, a lot of the actions of the show are very mundane, right? Like it's feels like a tiny Norwegian village, as we've said, even in this city. Um, So there is maybe something in the way that uh, things that in American movies and TV, I feel like there's such a, a delineated line in what we're used to culturally between this is realistic, this is fantastical, right? Right, yeah. And everything here has to be like bigger 
And the, the bigger, more outrageous circumstances, the better for American TV because everyone's competing with each other super hard. Yeah. And that just raises this bar up, 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 up. Yeah. So then when you watch something like this, it has these subtle choices and it's rooted in this, it's like the subtlety of the situation. And I just thought the evolution from like them hunting a wolf in the first episode to Jonas being kidnapped by American mobsters, chasing them down. Um, I thought it was a slow build, like a, a gradual climb to this climax of, of season one that was just really well done. And mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think they really, you know, that's, well, I think we've talked about maybe even three different uh, themes that really um, come to completion, fruition, or come to a complete flip from pilot to season finale. And I think I would add into that uh, Layla and her complete transition to in this final episode when confronted with the fact that she's probably standing over the dead body of an American. She asks for a cigarette and decides to go eat roll cake. Yeah, because yeah, talk about flipping for a character, and she's in that dress. Which she's in the National Day traditional that. dress, and in my mind, for her, she has gone through the ringer and out the other side. Unfortunately, she was more grounded in reality than Gayer, or she might have ended up like him, but she through him lives that experience and then understands what I think. We understand in America or through American film and television all too well, which is like, you're never going to get justice through the system. Like we know yeah. that in America, yeah. you know, in America. And it's abandoned her, you know, she, she's on her own with this, right? Completely. So she knows that. And we saw her tip them off about the two yeah. Americans previous. And that's that first, oh, okay. Wow, no, she like she's really willing to do what needs to be done. And, you know, you can call it, and I think we might as well, because the show's about Frank, but you can call it Frank's effect on everything, right? Like he yeah. has seemingly pulled, he has become the son in this world. And he has, he's pulling everything into his world and uh, his gravitational force. But in a way, it's also, my mind kind of them coming to terms with reality and maybe even from the start, this Norwegian society that we sort of, uh, not wrote off, but sort of thought of as like, uh, this like kind and peaceful and very mild society. It's no different. And I do think that is, you know, something they're really making apparent here is like, this is, uh, it's ultimately all the same. It may look different, but people are the same everywhere. And so are the things they struggle with and the trouble they get into. And, uh, and that goes all the way to murder and adultery and all these things. Yeah, I have written down this line that I loved when she made that decision. And then he's, and the, the mobster was like, you know, close call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he said, I knew she'd go for the cakes. Um, <laughs> And it's, it is, I didn't consider, we were just talking about Jan's 180, really. Um, 
her 180, I mean, totally. And also what you're talking about is her waking up to this reality that, I mean, it's a pretty basic thing, right? Like if you're a police officer and your partner's been murdered yeah, and then your boss tells you they're not going to do anything about it. Yeah. Like that would, that would kind of disillusion. <laughs> You'd be pretty disillusioned as a <laughs> an officer of the law at that point, I would think. And that's completely what's happened to her. And so there's another wild card where whether or not Frank's going to have this kind of credit or this relationship or be able to use this to his advantage or, you know, that's, you know, completely starting over. It's um, a fascinating place to go from where the local law enforcement now is sort of playing by its own rules Mm -hmm. and like, kind of kind of in and of itself a wild card going forward in the series. Definitely. Yeah, and you think about how this was fa- this was facilitated and like fully precipitated in this final episode and it's that, you know, moment where she pulls up with Hans with the older cop uh to the amusement park and the guys like joking with her. He's making fun of her. Right, yeah. like she's paranoid because of you know Gayer's whole like Islamic terrorist thing. Yeah, she's um, not taken seriously. She's not taken seriously anymore. She was the police chief. She was you know the most respected local police figure at the start of the show, and now she's she's not taken seriously. And yeah, I think that's really what kind of cements it and pushes her. Um, to where she ends up, and she also, once Frank says, this is the guy that killed Gayer, right? Um, yeah. I think she wanted, she kind of knew that all along, and, you know, looking at the two, she kind of knew, like, and even if it hadn't been, she wanted to believe that. Yeah. And so for Frank to just, like, Hey, let me just make this easy, right? He's just like, look, this is the guy that killed Gay Ear and we got him back for you. Yeah. Yeah. It it was actually him though, right? Where they struggled with the gun and it went off. It was. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. A, like, yeah. Um but I think that's not as important in that moment as I agree. Yeah. Frank like giving her the, you know, bow, tie this all up in a neat package and yeah, yeah, you're right. And it's, it, it was a gift to her. It's like, you can let that go now. Like, we got him. We serve justice. To get in. Gear has been avenged, and you can, you can mourn him and complete that process and not carry this anymore. And that is a gift. Yeah. More than anyone else gave her. Yeah. Around that situation. Yeah. And it sets up as you were saying just an interesting paradigm going forward and uh, of course you and i know that there is uh, a season two and Mm -hmm. uh, actually even three and so there will be more uh there is more we should say (laughs) it's already there um there is more and so we've got some very interesting things right we've got uh frank and layla's maybe alliance who knows um Certainly, there's a relationship there now that's much deeper. And um, additionally, 
we have this character, Frank, you know, Johnny, Johnny Henriksen, in my mind, like, has completely come to where he's going to, like, sit kind of in, in this Norwegian culture, right? So um, we've said Jan comes to him, and then the shoe finally drops for him with Sigrid, right? And we leave off, and one thing's for certain. The flamingo is not going anywhere. Frank is now assumed actually dead. Well, we think. Yeah. And it sort of opens up just like a much, you know, bigger world of possibilities for Frank and what he could do there, right? Um, even with the uncertainty with Sigrid, I feel like that almost opens up more possibilities. It does, yeah, and it's it's so fitting because, in a weird way, you totally understood where Sigrid was coming from, sure, and ending it, or how upset she was, rather, right. And you were like, part of you was just like, no, don't, don't, not now, like, don't break up with him now, like he's finally can probably just stop with all the hijinks, and he can be there for you, and he's like. You're going to have twins. It's all about timing, right? It's like... <laughs> um, Think about the babies. Um, but of yeah, course, they're... Frank won't... You know, he's not going to budge either. He can't really yeah. tell her the truth. I mean, he could, I guess, uh, if he trusted her that much. But you get the sense. He's, he's not going to tell her the truth right now. So um, he doesn't even flinch, though. thought that was interesting. Um, at least... We don't know what happens, right, in the second season, because um, this, as we know. said, you don't know. Um, this, as we said, is tied up uh, pretty nicely and neatly at the end here. And certainly, yeah, he could recant. He could tell her the truth. He could do something, but he makes no effort. Um, he just is resigned to that. Okay. I guess it's about time, yeah, right? Like what is sends her the flowers they got sent back? Yeah. Um, yeah, really, really interesting scene, a very kind of real breakup scene mm -hmm. in a weird way. Um, and you got a real sense too from Sigrid. She had a good bit of acting there as well. And the character development was good that, that she really kind of, in the past few episodes sort of has like fallen out of love with him. Mm -hmm. Um, but there was this real sense of this connection and this romance and, um, she got, she kind of fell head over heels for him. And then this thing, you know, it's trust is, is, is the thing right in relationships. It's like, and it's the hardest thing to, when you break it or you lose trust, it's the absolute hardest thing to get back. And so I just thought they did a great job with her character and really establishing, like, this trust really has broken. Yeah. And she cannot be with him. Yeah. And it'd be, it'll be interesting to see if he can win back that trust, but I thought they landed that, um, they, pit, they stuck the landing on that, on their relationship really well. Um, yeah, and you know that Frank is a, a people person. And you trust that he reads people really well. And I think he knew that. 
yeah. in that moment. He yeah, knew yeah. that, right? And he knew there wasn't any quick fix. There wasn't any words, you know, for that moment. He knew. And certainly from the flowers, you know, it doesn't seem like he's given up, but he knows, hey, like this isn't going <laughs> to, I'm not going to fix yeah, this one overnight, right? This is yeah. not the like, oh, hey, I came back from the Baltics with some gifts for the you and the twins. This is not a, an easy, easy fix. And um, he's going to, yeah, this is going to be uh, an ongoing story. Yeah, I, I re- rewound one part of that scene before her ex-husband comes outside mm. because he's in that moment. He's he was saying something really cool. He said, "Um, you know, I'm here. Like, I'm here to. Uh, this isn't verbatim, but he was like, I'm here to work this out. Like, I'm 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 here to do the work. You know." And she's like, "No, like, I can't. You lied to me. I can't trust you. You know, like nothing you said was true. Ultimately." Yeah. And then the guy comes out and interrupts, which was a nice bit of very funny part of part <laughs> of that sequence that he had to kind of like deal with just some guy that he's just like, uh, who's a douchebag? Douchebag. <laughs> um, I'm her husband. But yeah, I thought overall they did a good job uh, with this last episode of season one. And I think the show was great. I can't believe I slept on it for so long. Thank you, Eli, for bringing it to shows with friends and choosing it to watch because it was a lovely, a lovely release, a lovely escape yeah. to another world. Um, you know, this is a tough job. We have to watch TV shows and then. Super do tough. a podcast about it, but you're here for it. <laughs> yeah, this I was, was here for for this. It was a great series. This is a great balance of uh, comedy and um, you know drama, current issues, past issues, real issues, fake issues. Um, as we've said, you know, just fascinating to understand the parts of this that are really based on authentic Norwegian culture and. Um, also just beautiful, as we've said, just beautiful cinematography, um, great costuming, great music, a lot of great acting, right? Um, you can tell by the credits, you know, a lot of these, um, characters are from, uh, Norway and surrounding areas and a lot of great acting and just, uh, a really, yeah, just a really amazing situational series and comedy. Uh, just transporting this American mobster to Norway. And I think everyone, I mean, there aren't a lot of weak points uh, to point out. Not that that's what we're here for anyway, but really everyone uh, character-wise is so strong. It's, uh, there are no weak characters uh, in this show. It's a uh, very potent, strong, fun ride. Yeah. That so, we have I mean, come if, to an end of. <laughs> yeah. And if you haven't seen it, I would say go for it. This was Netflix's first show. It really flew under the radar right before Orange is the New Black and House of Cards. But uh, Lilyhammer, you know, if this was the indication of what Netflix could be or would be in the future, like looking back, it's like, a wonderful first calling card for an original 
television series by this, what has become now like the giant of right. the streaming services, right? And original content makers. But um, yeah, don't sleep. Don't sleep on Lilyhammer. Get on it. Do it's not a wonderful, sleep. wonderful ride. Definitely. We give two thumbs up to the first season of Lilyhammer. But coming to the end of the first season of Lilyhammer means we are is- done with this show, Steve. Absolutely. Yeah, Lilyhammer was Shows with Friends approved. So go ahead and watch it with your friends. But now we are moving on. Ooh. And the time has come for me to pick our next show. Yes. So let's, let's recap. We started off. Eli chose the first show. He chose Casual. Both really enjoyed that. Wow. Then it was my turn. I chose Dairy Girls. Very different. Very funny. We both really enjoyed that. Then Eli came back with Lily Hammer, the first Netflix original show. And now it's my turn. And I'm going to take us to... Are you ready? I am ready. I am ready. All right, let me get my list. My list ready. Get it out here. Got it. Got it. Got it open to the page where my shows are written down. Eli, have you seen Gentleman Jack on HBO? No. Oh. Gentleman Jack. Gentleman Jack, fairly new show. Only came once. We only got one season so far. But I cannot wait for you to see this. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. Wow, I don't. I don't even know what the show is about, Steve. Well, I'm not going to tell you because I. I we want some fresh eyes on this this series. I love surprises. Awesome. So if you are listening, please watch the first episode of Gentleman Jack on HBO hey, or HBO Max. Wherever you get and your And join HBO. us on our next episode where we talk about it. So that is the end of Lilyhammer and where one door closes, the other opens for the pilot of Gentleman Jack next time on Shows with Friends. Thanks a lot, Steve. This is exciting. Thank you, Eli. Hello, friends, and thanks for listening. We just wanted to take a quick moment and let you know that we are really excited to be a part of a growing podcast network. It's called Connected Podcasts, and there are many other great shows on the network that we think you are going to enjoy. That's Connected, C-O-N-N-E-C-T-D, podcasts.com. Thanks for listening.